Well, this is episode 104, right? Trips, 104. Trips did. The math checks out. Oh, wait. Yeah, you know, once you go past the 100, I think you stay in the where the one is from. Right. Trips I mean, did. Trips did. Trips did. I don't think we're going backwards. Yeah. It's just surprising to me. It's yeah. fucking weird to think about. Well, you're listening to Movie Schmovie. I'm Steve. I'm John. I'm Ron. And this is our Oscar recap episode. Hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, what were going to say? Hmm. Oh, just a, there was a little <laughs> HMMPH. Uh, a lot of I told you so. A lot of I told you so soup. Yeah, so this past week on Sunday was the 86th annual Academy Awards ceremony. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there weren't a lot of surprises in terms of wins. There were a couple weird, awkward moments during the ceremony. Yeah, that... there definitely was was a, a theme, I would say, of awkwardness. Yes, at awkwardness. this year's mm-hmm. Academy Awards. Like to the point, we all watched it together. We all came over to my house and we watched it. Like where you kind of like, I know there were points where I was actually like hiding myself in my hood or like with a pillow or I had to leave the room because it was so uncomfortable. Ronald, have you noticed that um, Steve does that when you and I are talking about a movie he hasn't seen? Yeah. He just kind of sits back and pulls the hood up. I I looked over the other night and saw that like Steve had pulled the hood up (laughs) and I believe it was during the uh, Kim Novak and Matthew McConaughey uh, presentation. (laughs) Just one of the portion. That was definitely a moment where Steve pulled the hood up over his eyes. It's a safe zone for me. It's like I don't have to to watch... Whatever's going yes, on. Yes, that out awkwardness there. on the screen. Before we dive right into the yeah, Oscars, yeah. though, has anybody seen anything? I saw a French movie called Pretty and Young about a young lady who becomes a prostitute as a teenager. Very intense, beautifully shot. I don't know any of the actors or actresses, but I saw um, somebody mentioned that it was a movie worth seeing in mm-hmm. 2013. So I checked it out. and It's worth seeing. I mean, it's... It's pretty raw. Like it's weird seeing somebody making that life choice so early, and seeing it all kind of crash down the way that it does. But uh, still kind of has this sort of recurrent theme that like pretty people come out on top a lot of the times, even when they have <laughs> shitty lives. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 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 an interesting. It thing. Seems to be the case. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be the case with a lot of people. If so. if we're being honest about the way the world works, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's it was it was a it was a cool experience. What about you guys? I saw another kids movie. What'd what? you say? I saw Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Holy three D? In three D. Actually three D of it was pretty good, actually. Like uh You like the third dimension of it. Yeah, it, it it I think it What about dimensions one through two? One through two were as expected. <laughs> um but yeah, usually I'm pretty critical of it, but I don't think it hurt the movie more so than making it amazing, but um I honestly didn't even remember the source material until somebody reminded me when I was there, you know, like what it was like, oh, yeah. And then I saw pictures and I recalled a lot of like the Rocky and Bullwinkle stuff, but I didn't even put that together prior to going to this, this screening. But um, directed by Rob Minkoff, the guy that did Lion King. The best thing about this movie is the pacing. Um, kind of an out there idea, story, whatever, but the voice talent's good. It moves really fast, which is great because um, I think if it dwelled too much on certain uh, you know, goes all these time zone or time periods through his his wayback machine. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is Mr. Peabody's a dog who's really smart and develops this machine where you can travel through time. Takes his kid around to learn things, but then they kind of get stuck. It was a feature on the Bullwinkle and Rocky cartoon that right. I remember yeah. from yeah. when I was a kid, and I would say that's the one thing. Just the when the movie when the trailer started coming out, I I felt like. It's Ty Burrell doing the voice for Modern Family, and I I like him a lot just as yeah. a comedic performer. But I felt like 
I don't know. It's like he's kind of doing a little bit of a voice, but not really a voice. Mm. And that just, to me, is one of the things about the movie that hit very blandly. Like when I saw the, started seeing the ads, it just looked very cookie cutter mm-hmm. kids movie. And I, I guess I'm, it's, you're saying there is nothing particularly spectacular about it. But. I didn't think so. No. I mean, I, there, I think there's a lot of jokes there for adults, which it mm. surprised me how many jokes there were for adults. And I guess kids just laugh at it because it's a dog talking. Mm-hmm. Um, or people getting smacked or whatever, but um, some some animation films like kind of hit that sweet spot with the with the jokes for adults and kids, and you'll laugh at both. Like as adults, we'll laugh at both, and then you kind of have your own exclusive joke with that. The kid just laughs at because of the situation, not the actual punchline. Yeah. But I mean, I think this film had a little maybe maybe a little too much of it for my taste. Um, Interesting, especially because it's it's very kiddie, mm-hmm. like very kiddie. Would you give an example, maybe, of a joke that I honestly uh, don't even remember, man? No. I, I just remember that's one of the things I left the theater thinking, and, mm-hmm. and my girlfriend and I were discussing like, and a lot of people leaving the theater, I overheard people saying like it, you know, it seemed like a lot of a lot of the jokes were going after the adults more, maybe because the adults maybe were the ones that are going to see this because they may remember the source material, but. Um, but yeah, I mean it's okay. I would, you know, it's not like a great, it's no uh, Lego movie. Let me tell you that. But I did laugh a few times, and uh, it's got like a, it's got heart to it, which is really, I think, nice mm-hmm. uh, in these films. Like not to get lost in a lot of the scope of like these traveling through time things. There's, there's a nice center, um, you know, like regarding acceptance and love and things like that of of different different people of different colors and kinds and things like that. So. Um, well, yeah. we are accustomed to seeing these movies that skillfully bridge that gap between it's for kids, but it's for grownups too. And I do know what you mean. Every now and then I'll be watching something with Henry that I think tips a little too far one way or the other, right. where it's like, this is so kiddy, it may as well have just left the adults out. <laughs> exactly. Or this is really just barely for kids. And because kids will watch, I mean, that, that's it that they don't have things that they actually like, but they'll just about watch anything, sure. you know? Yeah. I think it's going to do pretty well. I mean, it's, it's not a bad movie by any means. It's, it's definitely... Uh, audience pleaser people were laughing the whole time but um and, and like i said the, the best thing i can say about it is, is the pacing is like perfect it's fast and i'd say it's maybe an hour and 40 mm-hmm. hour ish but i mean it moves fast and it, and that's great because you don't ever really get distracted by anything that may bring you down or may, may, may make me feel less about this film but yeah that's that's really all i saw over the past week or so Seems very out of touch this property it, it doesn't like really it, did, it didn't really attract me at all like in terms of one i didn't recall where it came from like i said earlier but i mean even the premise like i wasn't like <laughs> i wasn't really pulled in it definitely is the con it's a high concept thing for an animation film but yeah. you know i think just it's it's cute enough that i think kids will go for it mm. you know not to mention that i think the kids are just going after, like, have no... I mean, maybe I'm just stupid when I was a kid, but I don't think I had any reference of what these characters were or meant or... I remember that character. I don't remember. No, I mean, like, the characters are going to visit in the movie. Oh, Like, okay. these historical figures. Oh. You know, and a lot of the jokes are about that, like, where they fell in history. And, you know, hmm. like, things between, like, uh, King Tut and what happened with him and his, and, his, and his wife and, you know, with Benjamin Franklin and, like, the kite. Like, little things that I think kids that it's going after may not even be aware of what that joke is. Yeah. Which was the only thing that kind of was off to me also, but, you know. What, what's the scale again, John? Well, we've got, uh, we've got, hold up! Hold up. We've got, wait for it. Wait for it. Got, go ahead. I'll, you know, honestly, I'll say go ahead for mm-hmm. this. I really? Think, I, think, I think it's broad enough that uh, 
critically, I think it's going to do pretty well. And I, I mean, I think it's going to do good at the box office also. Mm. Between that and like coming out this week with 300, I mean, it's two different, completely different demos. So I think there's going to be a lot of success for Which both. Which is actually, 300 has not been getting terrible reviews yeah, either. Yeah. And let's not forget that when 300 came out, there, you know, this Zack Snyder's sort of visual style. I still don't think people quite know how to categorize him as a right, filmmaker. Right. But if there's anything that he's got going for him, it's that visual style. And it, even though he didn't direct this one, it seems like it's, I mean, by all appearances, it seems like they're porting over his, his visual approach completely. No so that is good counter-programming to put down. Mm -hmm. What they ought to do is, since it's a time travel thing, work out a, like a crossover where midway into 300, <laughs> Rise of an Empire, Mr. Peabody and Sherman show up. <laughs> That would be interesting. Missed opportunities, what you call that. Right, right. Where were we when they were breaking the plot? Maybe for we that need to movie? make a consult cons consulting firm. Mm -hmm. Like where we they bring us in. Yeah. You know, this job opportunity that we're looking for. Oh, I mean, that's right. Yeah, we could do that. Some what do you cross, see here? Some cross promotion. Yeah. How do we bring these properties together? They have nothing to do with one another. That's right. Different companies <laughs> in fact, competing with each other. <laughs> And did, you, did, did you see anything, John? Um, actually, I saw a few things, and I'll try to run through them pretty quickly. I remember when we were talking about our kind of preview of the, the dregs of right, the year, right. there was a film that I had read about that I was curious about called Interior Leather Bar. The, right. uh, oh, yeah. Co-directed by... Well, I was, it's, it's, it's rolling out slowly in terms of theatrical, but I was able to... A friend of mine who, you know, festival screeners, yeah. I was able to get my hands on a, on a copy because it, it was in Sundance last year. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't. It, looking back, I don't know what I thought it would have been, but it was very much like a, one of those movies that tries to play around with whether this is really staged or whether this is happening for real in front of the camera, and and there are a, there's a lot of stuff that kind of fakes a real documentary before you get an indication that someone's being coached as to what they what they're saying, or that oh. you get an indication that a conversation you just saw you see the coaching behind it, and then it, the bottom kind of falls out a little bit, and then it makes you question. The sort of sincere conversations happening between James Franco and Val Lauren, who's the actor in this, playing himself. But the whole, the, basically, the the to, to recap for anyone that didn't hear the, our other episode, this uh, movie is a it's it takes this this legendary lost scene from uh, William Friedkin's film Cruising that was supposedly cut from that film in 1981 because of how sexually explicit and graphic and potentially offensive to the homosexuals that would be. And they've they've sort of taken that and they're imagining. I mean, it's a very abstract thing they're doing. They're imagining what those moments were that would be cut from that movie, but as a way of trying to maybe get actors in an uncomfortable place about what they're being asked to do for the camera. And the big center of this movie is Val Lauren, the friend of James Franco's, who's a, who's a straight man, and he's playing a gay man or playing a straight man throwing himself into the world of these these you know underground gay bars in the movie and it's just it's just a weird it's a little bit like house of mirrors stuff where you can't really tell why this exists while you're watching mm. it and then by the time it gets to like the the really you know graphic gay sex acts you you do think well maybe james franco has a point that he's trying to he is trying to make you feel like you're being confronted with imagery that you might not normally seek out and you right. are thinking about what 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 i do if i were an actor and i were asked it to be in a, in a part like this. Oh. And you definitely see there are some actors who are gay on the film and some who are straight, and, and there's a little bit of a spectrum of how comfortable they are with, with you know, portraying these acts. It was interesting and thought-provoking, but at, at an hour, it, it, it felt too long 
even at even that length. Hour? So, I mean, I don't know. I, it, I, I don't know if this will just be one of those things that completely disappears or if it'll ever be this sort of thing that people talk about. But if you were trying to pinpoint that, that question that I've often wondered, which is how do people who are of a certain sexual preference feel when, because of their acting, their job as an actor, when they're asked to put on a personality that they might be uncomfortable with? It, it, the movie right. does, does address that, but mm. in, in, in such an uh, abstract, kind of obscure way that you can't really say it's a movie about that. Like there still could be a movie to be made about how actors feel about doing you know, sex scenes and stuff. Yeah. Um, another movie that I saw is actually one I would so I would say that uh, I don't even think you have to you don't have to wait for it hold up or go ahead it's just like just ignore it <laughs> mm. just ignore it just ignore it it'll go away um, this never happened <laughs> but a movie that I would say you know I would say go ahead for this one it's a movie called Bad Writing it's a documentary this uh, this this fellow Vernon Lott made he's kind of the focus of it and it's sort of about his his young life when he was a poet and he thought he was going to be this genius poet and and you know he hang, he would hang out with his friends and they would they would write and they would smoke and drink together and then he kind of got out of writing a little bit and it you know goes through his life and now he's back in I guess he's in school he's in his 30s and he's back in school getting an English degree and he found his boxes of his old poems in his in his parents house oh, wow. and he was pulling them out and he was horrified at how bad they were and he said it was at a time when he was He's taking, you know, creative writing classes now, and he was starting to feel pretty good about his writing, and then he read this stuff that he did just, you know, 10, 15 years ago that he hates, right. that he began to wonder, well, maybe I think this stuff is good now, and I'm going to hate it in the future. And what really is interesting about the, the movie is that from that moment, it takes him on this journey where he encounters different writers and different people working in publishing, and really it's authors and poets talking about bad writing, talking about how much bad writing you have to do to be good, mm. and talking about what makes bad writing bad. And what the problems are that make a person who has a great vocabulary and and all this stuff to say how they can write this terrible stuff, and it's a it's a nice spread of I mean it, it's not one point of view that the movie puts forth. There's uh, there's a few authors like Ma Margaret Atwood and George Saunders, um, you know big names that you might recognize who you see them talking about their 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 philosophy of writing and it was very fascinating anyone who's ever done anything creative knows that concept of the kind of uh, the sort of embarrassing baby photos that you have somewhere mm. in your possession yeah. that you sort of keep but really it's almost like baggage weighing you down and it goes everywhere from people at kind of a, a poetry reading saying don't ever call your writing bad writing uh, you know, don't call any writing bad. If you're doing writing, there's something good about it. To people saying, "Oh no, most writing is really terrible," and it's it's a very small percentage <laughs> of people who should actually be writing. So it's really fascinating. And if you've ever done anything creative or seen that kind of personal growth, I think you could relate to this guy's struggle. I will say that it does seem a little bit like because he focused on himself, he kind of is not getting at some larger issues that he could get at with just this idea of what bad writing is. Because he's so focused on himself and because it's so much about him overcoming his own insecurities, there are some interview segments and some stretches of the film that kind of seem like, well, this is a little bit, it gets a little bogged down in his specific story and and not as not as much in this just the idea of where you could go with this concept of, you know, the, the, the bullshit you have to hack through before you can make good work. Yeah. But I would say anyone who has an interest in that kind of thing, check it out. Right now, it is on Amazon. It's rentable for three ninety nine on Amazon, and I think it's on iTunes too. But I don't know if they have a nice cheap rental for it. But so yeah, bad writing. I'd say, I'd say go ahead, go for it. Mm. I saw Twenty Feet from Stardom. Finally saw that. It was really good. I'd, I'd suggest seeing it. It's, man, so many beautiful voices in that mm -hmm. movie, and seeing 
the songs that they were involved in will blow your mind. It will blow your fucking mind. So many interesting personalities and these different lives and how some of them intersect and what some people did, you know, when they hit kind of a, a fork in the road. It's 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 a really cool movie about backup singers and the times and, and realizing that a lot of amazing black women had some had an input in some of some of the most famous songs ever. Some yeah. of the most cherished songs in American history and beyond. It's kind of amazing. So I liked it. So did you think it deserved the yeah. Academy Award? I mean, compared not to the ones o- you saw? Not over the act of killing. Because that was the big, that was one yeah, of the that was, upsets, I would say. Yeah, the act of killing. But the act of killing is so hard to watch for some. Like, I I tried to explain the, the premise I don't of blame it. anybody for not sitting yeah. through that movie, you know? I tried to explain the premise to it uh, of it to somebody, and they just were like, I can't. I couldn't watch that. It's just too much. And just hearing it, let alone seeing it, can be... So I get why it won. In fact, I think one of our one of our number has decided not to see the act of killing. Is that correct? I think so. <laughs> maybe one day, but you well, know, isn't it interesting how a movie gets to that point though, where you can you realize oh, maybe I don't have to see this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like there's a point where you go, I still need to see it. I still need to see it. I still need to see it. And I do kind of think that Academy Award season or award season, and then the Academy Awards. That mm. is the that's when you sort of feel like you can let a movie go. Like I think that Steve is one of those people that can appreciate why something would be nominated and see why something a lot of people would say would something would win. But I feel like you're you're a you're a sensitive soul, man. That's not a bad thing. I'm kind of the same way. I'm swayed emotionally heavily by the things I put in front of my eyes and that's one of those movies that not everybody can stomach. And it doesn't mean they're not a tough person. Well, it's like you're saying to someone, thing. the subject matter is incredibly difficult and disturbing. It's incredibly difficult. And the good news is it's really long and it's hard to get your head around. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's like torture almost in a lot of ways. So I get it. I don't know. There is something about saying the culture has processed this film. It's on the master list of things I need to see. Mm-hmm. But when you kind of feel like that time goes by where you just feel like I've got to see this so I can be yeah. part of the conversation. I can I can see you putting it on that list. I don't think it would shock you that much, Steve. But you you might you might find yourself going, why why am I watching this unpleasant? Yeah, that's kind thing. of what worries me. Vice starts up in a little bit. Speaking of craziness, that is a, a segue right there. Yes, it's documentary <laughs> style stuff. I don't know. Vice was the first place where I saw the trailer for Act of Killing. So there's the connection. There's a connection. Bada boom. All right. So, so I guess can, that's what we're Can we seen. jump into the Oscars now? I guess we'll kind of use that as our... as our Speaking of the Oscar for Best Documentary Film, guys, uh, what about the rest of the Oscars? Hmm. 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 Which, which categories are we going to talk about first? I have a few sort of general subjects that I sure. think are related to speeches and things that happened with the show. But okay. does anybody have anything they want to say right off the bat about just... What won awards? What didn't? Like I know we were kind of saying before, there's weren't a whole lot of surprises, but I think the only the only surprise that I kind of <clears throat> can remember, and let me look at the list again, <clears throat> was was uh, the animated short, which Disney didn't win for. Right. Uh, uh, what's theirs called? Um, the Get a Horse short that was before Frozen, the uh, Brazilian uh, animated short, he, uh, Mr. Hublet, Hublo, Hublet. One, which was, I think, a lot of people were surprised by. Disney had been kind of cleaning up in that category for a while. I still have to I, see. I, it's probably Hublu. Yeah. I need to see that, but I mean, that was a lot of like blogs and you know Twitter feeds were mentioning that as like kind of the one real 
I guess the one big surprise in terms of what a lot of people were suggesting or were recommending or thinking was going to win. But otherwise, I think it was pretty closely to what most people thought was going to happen. <clears throat> I think that uh, the only thing that was kind of questionable were maybe <clears throat> best actor and best picture. But I mean, I think for the most part, uh, what happened is what most people thought. I think if, um, well, yeah, I guess no, not really. I was gonna say if, if uh, Chiwetel had had won over Matthew McConaughey, maybe it would have changed something about Best Picture. But Twelve Years took it home. But we were talking before it started that like I was even thinking that maybe Gravity could have come out of nowhere. I mean, it did sweep a lot of the technical, if not all the technical categories. And if people like, I'd say maybe a month and a half ago, it was really truly like uh, it seemed like a two horse race, like with American Hustle and Twelve Years a Slave. But you know, a lot of people were concerned that maybe not enough people would see Twelve Years a Slave. Because similarly, it's not a very easy film to watch. Um, and American Hustle is more of a, I guess, not a, a crowd pleaser, but a lot easier to experience. Well, I mean, theater. I wonder if that's a case where everyone just got ahead of themselves with assuming what they knew about the Academy and what they knew about the public, which was right. that American Hustle seemed like it was the, the easiest, most fun kind of Oscar-worthy movie, and therefore it seemed like, well, that's where they're going to go. Right. And I think the question was... <clears throat> Is is the Academy going to go the safe route, or and are are they going to ignore this difficult film, Twelve Years a Slave, that everyone seems to agree is is like the most important movie yeah. of the of the bunch of them? Yeah. And I think maybe I mean let's not forget the people that are voting on this shit are aware of the hype and they're aware of what's being said. Sure. So I mean it's not that hard for me to believe that there was a certain amount of of a renewed push to actually watch Twelve Years a Slave oh, and totally. see what they think of it. If not, maybe if I'm being cynical, some guilt over a movie that they feel like we really should yeah. vote this in. I'm not saying it didn't get in on merit. I'm just saying you never know what those politics are behind the scene. Yeah. But it is interesting that American, American Hustle completely disappeared. Shut out. And it's almost like there was a pre-backlash against that movie because it seemed like it was the easy favorite. And I wonder if in, its, in the long run that didn't save the reputation of that movie. Because what will happen is years from now, people will do dis be able to discover American Hustle and it won't be that movie that won the year that more important films were up for yeah. consideration. Yeah. You know, that's it won't be the film at. that beat Twelve Years a Slave because that's yeah. the argument people would make. It'll be another one of those Shakespeare in Love type to movies. Oh man, I was going to say you know, that. and I'm yeah. and I think American Hustle is a better film than Shakespeare in Agreed. Love. But I think that those light movies that that everyone loves when they come out, a lot of times a few years later, it kind of seems like really right. that was the best thing that yeah. year. I kind of feel that way about Gravity. Well, it's, it doesn't make sense that Gravity yeah. didn't win, that Gravity won everything to do with the technique with which it was made, yeah. but thankfully the, didn't win the creative awards, didn't win acting, you, didn't win uh, screenwriting, and didn't yeah. win Best Picture. If you look at some of the Best Pictures, I don't think that anyone that was heavy into special effects really won. I think there's, I think the Academy has yet to accept heavily produced movies like that like i don't i don't know like i think there's acknowledgement of the the craftsmanship of it the mm -hmm. the art of it but it as a a solid acting piece that stuff never wins like like what's the name should have won I, I mean maybe was up for uh the lion the tiger um jesus christ not again Brangley? i mean yeah. what are we talking about yeah the movie uh what's it called uh, you're gonna do this to me again. I, I don't even know how to help you. <laughs> I can't remember it. The name of it was it. Was, what was it? 
Skatika? <laughs> was that it? The Tiger fucking movie, man. Lion Life King. Of Pi? Lion King. Life of Pi. Oh. Thank you. But uh, for some reason, I thought you were talking about an actress. No. And I'm trying to think of what actress you could be thinking no, of. No, I mean, that movie. just think about it. That movie was the same deal with Gravity. Like, the Academy can acknowledge that this is a technical, it's a masterpiece, right? In a lot of ways. But when it comes to acting, when it comes to just acting, that those Well, but movies, I think Life of Pi is like... A million miles ahead of gravity in terms so of like too. material. Yeah, it, you know, but still, totally. but still, it's it's that's something about and content. The content acknowledging that it's it's something that the academy loves about people facing people and talking at them intensely, well, and <clears> in <throat> in this in this amazing rhythm that they just cannot acknowledge that a Lord of the Rings will never win, no matter how amazing. Well, but it, it did. But it did. It did. Best picture? Yeah. yeah. Return of the King. Return of the King one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> How long ago was that? I don't know. Maybe, that? maybe 11 years or something. Okay. Like well, that's fucking amazing. But, but I would say that that, but, but, but we many. were talking about this the other night at, yeah, the, at, at Steve's, and that is that, um, and I'm just saying that so the people Return that are listening. Return of the King really won? The people that are listening can feel left out. They Shit weren't balls. part of this conversation yeah. over okay, at Steve's the other night. But remember, we were talking about this, and I said, I think that that, though, it still is almost like a case in point of what you're trying to get at, which is... It was the third such film. It was mm. the third year in a row that yeah. people came to the theater being wowed by this movie, and it felt like the again the, the academy is is slow to move towards anything that doesn't fit in there in there in that narrow idea of yeah. like what's an Oscar film. And so I kind of think that what happened with Return of the King was Fellowship of the Ring came out was so well received, and I think it won some technical awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did uh, Two Towers, and yeah. then it was just kind of like this achievement. They just had to acknowledge the achievement. I felt like that was giving that to Return of the King was kind of like the Lifetime Achievement Award you give to an actor who never won. It's like saying, this is three years in a row you've made these, you know, again, still, let's not forget those movies are very critically well regarded, which at the yeah. time was strange for that type of film. So it's, it's so yeah, but it's rare. It's, it's still it's, a taboo sort point, of it's thing. Very rare. Yeah, it's very rare. So I, yeah, I guess I was wrong about that because I looked at, a bunch of you. I guess I didn't look. You didn't that go far back, back far enough. I didn't go back far enough. But the but there's something very traditional about that. It's it's like it's re- this is really random. But I was watching a docu the documentary about uh, um, the two skaters, uh, the one that got hit in the leg. Uh, oh, going for the gold. Nancy Nancy Kerrigan, Kerrigan and the one that came on Tanya with the Kerrigan one. and Harding. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they were talking about 30. the comedy team of Kerrigan. No, and no, Harding. no. The, the the there's another one, like a new one. Yeah, there is. There's a new one that that the our one that just came out that came on during Sochi. Yeah. No, 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 it's not the same one. It's called Nancy and Pansy. <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> what the fuck is the other lady's name? Pansy. Nancy, Nancy and Tanya. Look at that. It's called Nancy and Tanya. Yeah, it's an hour long. What a boring title. Yeah, it came on during Sochi. And okay. um, but so essentially, what they said was, um, having someone that was like different, like that wasn't a princess, right, was so untraditional that they couldn't accept that this woman could win mm-hmm. at any point. Like the fact that she could do a triple axel, that stuff didn't matter. What really mattered was that these ideas that they had, these traditional ideas, like you had to be a princess, you had to be upright, you had to be well-spoken, you had to be this representation of sure. this organization. And it kind of is the same thing. This this idea that like some of the actors are not real, <laughs> some of the environments aren't real, is something that's really hard to digest for a place that accepted nothing but you know, real things for a very long time, in a way. I'm not saying that, 
I'm not discounting Lord of the Rings because I think those are beautiful fucking movies. Oh no, I mean it's Incredibly like it's active. you don't those movies you almost don't expect to see them win awards. There's yeah. a lot of movies you don't expect to see win, you yeah. know, and there's that's why it's rare when one of them kind of slips through. So it's worth it's worth mentioning. Yeah. But kind of back to what we were saying about about this year's awards, I think that it, it actually makes a lot of sense, and it didn't offend my sensibilities at all to say that gravity as an achievement a technical achievement Mm -hmm. really was maybe the most skillfully crafted of any of those movies you know the most carefully and skillfully crafted of any of those movies but um if it had won i don't know if sandra bullock had won for best actress i would have been a little surprised but i wouldn't have been shocked and offended i thought she was she did carry that film but in terms of writing and uh, best picture, it did seem like it wasn't correct for that movie to sweep. Yeah. And when it seemed at that point in the award ceremony where it seemed that it might sweep, I thought, well, I don't know that it was that. It was that incredible. I mean, I thought it was really incredible in a lot of ways, but yeah. I don't know that I wanted it to wanted to see it just soundly trounce all these other amazing films yeah. from this year. Um, but it, it, you know, it's kind of it's again, it's very fitting. Uh, the only thing that might have been. Uh, like Steve said, that might have been debatable is that best actor category. Like whether it would have been just as satisfying to see Chiwetel win. I think it would have been. Yeah. But there's clearly a lot of momentum behind a win like Matthew McConaughey's win, which felt a little bit like again a career win. Oh, absolutely. As well as a, as well as you know an, an acknowledgement of his his kind of recent. What are they calling it? The reconnaissance. Yeah. 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 You just can't compete with AIDS or slavery. Like I was telling. My friend was like, oh, gravity might... I'm like, you cannot compete with age or sleep. Like, you, it doesn't matter how amazing of an achievement. You just can't compete with a movie that comes out of that magnitude. Yeah. That you, you, It's just... It sucks, but... Because gravity is an achievement. I don't know if... Did we talk about Children of Men? Another movie by We've the We've talked about it several times. Okay. But... The sound but wise... I don't know in relation to what. Yeah, sound wise... Just like Gravity, one of the most amazing achievements in a film oh, yeah. that I've seen ever, ever in my life. And I felt the same way about that when it when it came out. I liked what he said when he came out to take the award for Best Director, saying that he was glad that it worked out, that it, that it would have been a total waste of time had it not worked. Because he has spent, Quaron mm-hmm. that is, he has spent five years, six years, however long, like developing this. And you can see how it would have been, like it was a gamble on some level. Oh, yeah, you know? definitely. It, it Man, that movie is going to be... It's going to be one of the most remembered movies of all time, I think. I wonder if in a few years it won't seem... I just wonder if it's not going to be so diminished by not being uh, 50 feet wide and in 3D. Like, I wonder... Like, it's hard for me to picture putting it on at home... And enjoying it? And and feeling as swept away. That's all I'm saying. Like, the power of it came from the immersion of it, you know? I I think that it'll still... It's still one of the most crisp movies I've ever seen. Now, Steve has a bigger television than me, so yeah. maybe over at Steve's house. <laughs> maybe it'll be a... Guys come have you watched yeah, it? come over and watch Gravity. Not at home. I, I wanted to give it some time. I want to give it some time and then watch it again. Because I feel like I was a little overwhelmed in the movie. I thought it was amazing. I mean, I I, I was blown away by it. Yeah, I was, the, but I, I mean, I, I, I do still think of it almost like a ride. <laughs> like I went right? to a place. I went like I still... I, you've heard me compare it to like the go down to the Science Center and yeah. go to the, you know, the IMAX and have like a... This experience—that's what yeah. it felt like, more so than a a movie with yeah. a that that resonates. But every time I see a clip from it, I I know I'll end up watching it again because it's yeah. just it's just too damn beautiful. I, yeah, I like that you like that movie and you're not like I don't know. People have a real problem with things not having like plots. Oh, I will. I, you know me. I I actually thought it had too much. Like yeah. I wanted her not to have a backstory with a kid and all that yeah. stuff. I'm I'm okay with a story that doesn't it. 
life doesn't have a plot. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like slice of life things, no matter how crazy they are, no matter what the environment, whether it's space or not, I think there's something to be said about movies where people just take chances on telling a story that doesn't necessarily have a first act, second act, third act in a, in the same way that people expect. Right. I heard someone complaining about that movie that it was like they were saying it was one of those times when someone's complaining and you don't under, you, you really don't understand how what they're saying is a complaint or if they realize how <laughs> silly. And she said, "What bothered me about that movie is it just seemed like one thing after another kept happening to her." Well, yeah. So what movie did you want to see? <laughs> right. Where like she, you know, George Clooney floats away and she just goes and sits in a pod and while we watch her run out of oxygen or what? Or, you know, oh, she's saved. Everything's fine. Like what movie is this person imagining, you know? I think just like a Earth sort of thing, like where they just show one thing right. for like 10 minutes with beautiful music. And I don't know. It's very weird. But I mean, I can, I, I, that kind of criticism just makes me think that. It is a little bit of an experiment, even though it seems now like such a success. I remember when we were when we were first talking about it, we were talking about just that notion of our people are going to get on board with something yeah. that is that is so free of these trappings. And I think the one thing that's kind of cool is to see that audience audience they were able to embrace a movie that didn't have the usual cheesy. You know, again, as we said when we first talked about it, the forty five minutes before she goes on the mission, which any other movie would have felt necessary yeah. to put on there. You know. Yeah. Like we don't see anything but the the inciting incident and then what happens after, and I thought that was that was kind of bold. But. Yeah, definitely. Grab I think it. I think all things considered for that film, it, I think it received what it deserved. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like definitely, I, it the conversation about the best picture is just more so. Like I initially I brought it up mainly just to say that I was curious if the competition between Twelve Years and American Hustle would almost like split those votes and allow enough love for gravity to still have a movie like that win in a best picture. But I, it didn't. And, you know, it still won like six or seven Oscars and in the categories that you would, well, not only expect, but hope it should, you know what I mean? And I think that was probably yeah. expected and deserved. Um, what else, what else was the category? Oh, best, best actor. Yeah. Best original um, screenplay. Best. Yeah. Yeah. Her. Cool. Spike Man. I, that was I actually have... a surprise. But it does seem like they too. like to give the indie film of the like they they like to give the Wes Andersons and the Quentin Tarantinos and those guys screenwriting awards. That seems like where you reward the 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 indie film. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah, seems yeah, to be definitely. where you do the niche kind of indie film. Yeah, and that, that's a great way to get appreciation because that is a very. I mean, if you're going to point to what was kind of the in ingenuity of that movie, aside from the photography, which I thought was really lovely, just... I think just the ideas behind it. The screenplay really was maybe the the, the real achievement there. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, I I'm happy for Spike Jones. Like he's like one of my favorite directors, and it's something very uh, lifting for a person's career to have that tag on everything. Like oh yeah, Oscar winner Spike. Like he deserves it. He deserves it, and I think that because of it, he's gonna get a lot more funding and some amazing projects. So I'm expecting a lot more from him. So. So when you, you you applaud him in a sincere, hearty way like this, or do you applaud him like this, the way Steve McQueen Steve, Steve clapped McQueen. for John Ridley? <laughs> I, I thought I was just imagining that, but I wanted to make a joke about that. But then, as I mean, the reason I'm mentioning this is because the adapted screenplay Oscar went to John Ridley, who wrote yeah. 12 Years a Slave, or adapted 12 Years a Slave, and apparently not a whole lot of love lost between uh, him and the director of the film, Steve McQueen. Right. Which were you aware of this before yeah. the the, yeah, yeah. the, the I, ceremony? I, only only because I like on Friday night I read an article about 
apparently, I guess it stems from like the idea of the story came from Steve or his wife had read the book. Like he he yeah. brought it to John Ridley, yeah. who was an established right, screenwriter. Exactly, and then you know, and even helped like polish parts of the screenplay. And then when he, I think he requested that they have a shared screen screenplay uh, writing credit. Basically, John really said no. Like he turned it down. Well, he fell back on the rules, and so when they took it to arbitration, I think the guild or whoever decides these things yeah. sided with. Maybe it's the studio, but they sided. I think it with, was the studio. They sided with Ridley. Yes. Because th- there's got to be some proof that you've written at least a third of the of the material oh. that's in the script. And I think what Steve McQueen did was more shaping and suggesting and. To me, that just sounds like different work methods. Right. Like Steve, yeah. Steve McQueen has had a screenwriting credit on every movie he's made yeah, so far. And John Ridley, though, is an established screenwriter who's a little older and been in the industry a little longer. And I can see the friction there of him saying, no, this is my screenplay. You know, this is the way we do it. And Steve McQueen saying kind of like, I've never been treated this way before. You know yeah. what I mean? So you can kind of see that being like a relationship you couldn't repair. Did he thank him at any point? Neither one of them Neither. referred to the other I one. noticed that. However, I, I think was a... at the Golden Globes, I believe John Ridley did thank Steve McQueen or I'm vice sure. versa. I don't, I'm not sure. I know at the Oscars, nothing, none of that. Yeah, I know. I was like, okay, maybe I missed. It was weird, man. Even when John Ridley he, and won. He, he hustled past him. Yeah, he, he, and he actually hugged, hugged David O. Russell. Right. And which like, they've had an issue in the past. Yeah, they actually yeah. had dispute over so the strange. script to Three Kings, yep. which John Ridley wrote or co-wrote. Yeah, that was awkward. That's that was just stuff. one of many awkward moments. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's so let's talk a little bit about the awkwardness. I would say there's a few issues for me that come from the awkwardness. Okay. Um, and one, we're, while we're talking about Twelve Years a Slave, I'll just throw this out there. I mentioned this on your Facebook page, Ronald. Though mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe it that even at a year when Twelve Years a Slave wins Best Picture, <laughs> a film about slavery that makes us think about our terrible past, uh-huh. even with you know this this beautiful. And I, I I hate that I can't. Pre- how's her last name Lupita pronounced? Lupita Nyong'o. 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 Uh, with Lapia Nyong'o, Lapia or Lapita? Lapita. Okay, Lapita Nyong'o. That when she accepted her award, someone was. I heard a TV critic um, ex, like praising her speech, and referred uh, yeah. to her as articulate. That's a racist. Which to me just shows, and this guy's not even like a dumbass, but I feel like yeah. that's such a poorly chosen word. And it it's, is. It's like what to me what that indicates is maybe not even something that guy feels, but something that's just in our culture. Yeah. That even at a year where all this is going on, and we should be sort of celebrating this actress, never heard of her before, she comes in and plays this this amazing role, yeah, yeah. blows you away, and then has maybe one of the best speeches of the night, definitely one of the best speeches yeah. of the night. Uh, looks beautiful, seems to kind of be the, the new Jennifer Lawrence of the awards. Like, she's the lovable one that everyone wanted yep. to have their picture taken mm-hmm. with this yep. year. And then to know that still out there in the culture, there's this little perception that, like, isn't it fantastic, Ronald? That she got, she, can... she, she on camera, she strung sentences <laughs> together properly. It reminds me of the scene where they're, like, in the kitchen, and he has, like, the stick up. He's like, jump, boy. And he's like, <laughs> teeth are good, can run, and... Very articulate, like it's very something very weird about gauging. Like I, I thought that most people that I hear speak there are pretty articulate. Right. I'm there. There's seldom anyone there that I'm, I'm like, man, that was. I would say it's rare that I want to. You know what? Whenever someone wants to comment about someone being articulate, I want to say just how about from here on out, just reserve that comment for the few people who aren't articulate yeah. <laughs> if someone comes in and they sound like they've got marbles in their mouth maybe you yeah. can refer to them as inarticulate after they've left but <laughs> I, I feel like that's not a compliment well, exactly point. let's stop not... pointing that man you buttoned your shirts <laughs> you've got your buttons all lined up with the buttonholes and everything look at you look at you with your underwear come not here on into the head. light so i can look at you oh <laughs> not a single bit of visible food on your teeth <laughs> right. very strange you've that's got a... it together 
It's a backhanded compliment. It really is. But but again, very very justified win. I think everyone's oh, yeah. pretty happy about that. Anybody else have any favorite like speech? I mean, I think there's one big favorite speech that we'll probably sure. get to in a second here. Oh but. yeah. <laughs> Anything that John Travolta said. Okay, awkwardness. What is up that, with John Travolta? What about that palm tree on his head? This the. Okay, the palm tree on his head, the squinting <laughs> in the lights, the te- the strain reading the teleprompter, and then of course the fact that everyone in the world. I mean, I don't even know who Adina Menzel is, but I knew who who she was last week. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and calling her Adele. Uh, well, okay, this is what happened <laughs> in my Nazim. mind, guys. This is what happened in my mind, guys. When when he said Adele and Nazim, I thought, <laughs> a, I didn't know Adele's last name was a Nazim, yeah. and oh, she's gonna sing "Let It Go." What a surprise! Interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I was like, that doesn't look like Adele. <clears throat> Maybe this is Adele Nazim. Oh, it's Adina Menzel. That was very weird. But I mean, to me, that says because how ha- does that happen? Well, because remember how weird Harrison Ford was earlier in the ceremony. I want to talk about him too. But like, okay, <laughs> let's talk about it in conjunction because with Travolta and <clears throat> Ford, I thought these guys may both be high. But they also may both be having a hard time reading a teleprompter against lights that might be too bright or maybe yeah. it's too far oh, away absolutely. or something. Because what I did was I, I pictured trying to read something and trying to keep it straight. And they, they like Harrison Ford more so than John Travolta seemed like he was having a hard time reading. You know, John Travolta really seemed like he didn't know where he was. <laughs> but, but Harrison Ford also had crazy eyes. They're that, definitely- that's, all, that's my whole takeaway from Harrison Ford. Yeah. Like at the end of every other sentence he said... His eyes just like lit up, like just wide as possible. And we're looking at each other at my house, like, is he, what happened? Is he looking he's, at me? Yeah, what did yeah. I do? You know, he's like, he's what crazy. has happened to Harrison Ford? And that, that's awkward. That that also makes me upset, though. No, like, right. It makes it's the me look first at time. It, it's like your own. It's like your dad or your granddad yes. making a fool of himself. Yes. yes, it's like an idol. You know, you're mm-hmm. looking at it. Just it's, it almost feels like, oh my god, he's like, he really is old, or yeah. he's really like falling apart in some way. It's the first time I've thought, oh, okay, man, maybe maybe rough. some of these roles that he's lined up to play, maybe maybe they do need to like let, let him let him go sit sit at home alone. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but no, I th- I really do think. I mean, <clears throat> I, I know I keep saying high, but I really do think he was high because if you notice after that that silly pizza skit that Ellen did, Harrison Ford was really excited about getting some pizza. He was. So I think maybe the guy was his blood sugar was low. Who knows if he was if he had a little toke before the ceremony? But that was not good. John Travolta was a mess. I mean, John Travolta looks like he's fighting his his age with such. He it's so blatant. Yeah. And then, yeah. of course, we go back now to Kim Novak and that the the, the botched plastic surgery. And she I, was also Matthew hot. McConaughey having to like hold her up. But there is some yeah. bad plastic surgery going around there, guys. And really I, I really do think it's an issue. I mean, I really think that like the gap between the old Hollywood yeah. and the way they view aging mm-hmm. and the younger generation, which who knows, maybe we're going to start seeing some of our young favorites go through this as well. But I really do think there's a, like a tip towards this, this, there's a, there's more of a divide. Like this year watching the the Oscars, I came away going, I felt the real divide between the old and the new yeah. mm-hmm. Hollywood in a yeah. strange kind of way. Yeah. And it felt like the old Hollywood, I think it's as the lights get brighter and the, the, the D gets H'er. In terms of the resolution on all of our screens, yeah. you know that yeah. we're start that you can't. There's no like the glamour is almost melting away under yeah. those under That's those very lights, strange. you know. And someone like Kim Novak, you got to feel bad for. I mean, she is 81. She definitely doesn't look like a normal 81 year old woman, which might be good, might be bad. But I mean, I think that the she looks sc- like the lion from the Wizard of Oz. The scrutiny that was piled on her though brings up issues about like ageism in Hollywood and the sexism mm-hmm. and like what might drive someone to get that kind of surgery done. But I feel like that's almost a moot point. Everybody has the option or not of getting work done 
and of you know the luck of the draw of whether you get a good one and yeah. whether it's. Do you think that Sally Field has had any? I think she's had work done, but I think it's subtle work. I think there's a few it's people who have very subtle work done, and I think she's a great example of someone who's like between her and say Goldie Hawn. You can see this is Goldie Hawn is someone who looks like she's had bad work done that's aged badly. Yes. And Sally Field looks like she's had subtle something done just to maybe you know again whether it's necessary or not it seems like she looks like herself. Yeah. Do you, do you think people like Brad Pitt are ever gonna? Oh, I think he's already had like facial fillers injected. There's really? a lot. Get of... out of here! Don't don't say that, John. No, I've read rumors that like it's something that Angelina pressured him into or something. But oh, wow. you know, only this week I, I mean, was trying to great. find information about that. He wow. does look good. I'm starting to feel that way about Pharrell. Like Pharrell is an ageless man. Well, he's very very young he's... though, isn't he? No, he's, he's like my I mean, age. Well, not no <laughs> no. I mean like for for what me... are you saying? Robert? No, no. I'm just saying like for a musician, right? Yeah, he's been around for over 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy that he has not. If you look at his yeah, pictures, he's gotten younger. He's gotten younger. Oh, he's looking. doing the, yeah, the reverse aging thing. Very strange. But he says some has something to do with Naomi. I think he's young. He's only forty. That's not. That's not old. But like, so it has to do with Naomi Campbell. Naomi Campbell told him like something about treating a skin, and like he's been doing it ever since she told him, and that really that's been helping him or whatever. Naomi Campbell looks amazing. She maybe, has, maybe she secretes some kind of juice that she yeah. lets him. Rub on himself because he's he's forty is very young. It's just he's he's not aged. If you look at him back in the day, like nothing. I'll say is, one thing: as as he's gotten older, have you noticed his hat has gotten bigger? Yes, his head is shrinking. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> all that age is going into his, into his hat. It's, it's getting slim. He's like a, into his Canadian mountain. Yeah, hat. it's just not. That's weird, man. The man is not aging. Okay, but so so John Travolta out of touch, doesn't know who Dina Menzel is, can't read the the teleprompter, looks like he's had like you said a palm tree planted on his palm head, tree. bad eye work around that. I mean, John Travolta does that? He's just done, right? I mean, like you couldn't take him, you couldn't take him seriously in a movie ever at Never. this point. Harrison nope. Ford, at least, I think they could string together some takes and and make him credible. Maybe, yeah, maybe. But he seemed uncomfortable. I don't know that that you're right, Steve. There was something kind of embarrassing and sad about it. And then the 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 flashpoint of it being that moment where you really felt like Matthew McConaughey was kind of holding Kim Novak up and trying to help her out. I felt more sorry for her the way I would feel if it was like my grandmother that had wandered on stage. Yeah. But but she also did look like uh, is it Rusty in Mask? Is that the yeah? yeah. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> wow, you're actually that's pretty spot on actually. <laughs> I just visualized it. Yeah, I don't Yeah, know. one of my one of my crueler friends on Facebook posted a side by side picture saying Eric Stoltz to, to play Kim Novak wow. in the in the biopic. Yikes. But um with all that in mind, I think we've we, we all kind of know what the what the weird sort of highlight of the evening and it also is an issue that it, it brings up a few little issues about whether 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 we should admire someone who may be showing their their narcissism. Uh, to the world, but I actually found Matthew McConaughey's speech to be quite moving and, and inspiring oh, yeah. in a way. And I don't, and I don't even share all that God stuff. I don't share any of those, any yeah. of those convictions. And it, I always feel like that feels a little overly simplistic. But what he seemed to be saying about about uh, expecting more from yourself yeah, yep. and and never feeling like you've attained <clears throat> it, to me, I thought that was like a really broad. Uh, humanistic message that was like a good empowering thing to share with people but I've heard so many people criticizing it as though he, what he said was I'm my own hero but that's not really what he said Yeah. I don't what know. did you think of that what did you think of that speech Ronald I thought it was the thing is I know when I'm being played I know when I'm being manipulated mm-hmm. and I've, I love it yeah I love I love what he can I love that thing that he can do like he did it at the Golden Globes, where he can just stand up and be super charismatic, 
say something amazing, and then I'm like, man, I want to hear a half an hour more of it. Um, I thought it was really, I mean, the God stuff, if I ever were to hear something God-related, I'd like to hear it in that manner. Right. I'd like to hear it in a way that doesn't feel like, because I believe this, and you don't, you're an ass. It wasn't like that. It was just like, I believe this, and this is why I'm here. Right. Right, right. That sounds, that's incredible. That's an incredible concept. So I was I was. It's down. because of people like that that I cringe at my my atheist friends who are so strident that they want to talk as though every, anyone who's remotely religious is some kind of idiot or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah. no, people have a philosophy. They have an answer that works for them, yeah. and they go forward with it. And that's what it felt like he was saying. Like, right. I was more surprised. I'm so used to seeing him play Rust Cole on True Detective, who is not a, <laughs> a a traditional religious guy, that I thought, okay, so he is playing more of a character when he does that guy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> I thought that was moving, and I thought that you know him referring to his father as this person that kind of yep. that he that he looks up to. I thought that was really the way he introduced that kind of. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm not ready for this. And no. it, it felt just crazy and off the cuff enough, but it also felt like something he devoutly means. You know, yeah. I think that's always been his mo. Like he's always been like that. Like. I think he's a great example of somebody that's never really changed yeah. how he acts, who he is, mm-hmm. what he portrays, you know, in interviews, anything. And, you know, I think that that speech kind of just showed that. I mean, I think he doesn't give a shit about what anybody says. I think he just genuinely believes that stuff. And I mean, I think it was very, and I think it was broad enough, even with the religious undertones, that anybody can like listen to that. Or I think most people would listen to that and be like, that's inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I thought it was. I'm yeah, not a very religious awesome. person either. And like, I sometimes cringe when the whole when when the anchor of their point is is religious or God or whatever it might be. Well, we were talking about this that night. We were watching the awards. We were yeah. just talking about how it always seems so self interested to suppose that God has something that yes, there's a God, and yes, He is sitting up there with his big white beard, hoping right. you win an award. Right. Exactly. And you I, know, I, that's I just, absurd. I just liked. Uh, I like the way he rounded it out. I mean, I, I like the how he's like you would just said, Ronald, like how he set it up. You know, the whole point of his comment was it was really well thought out. And you know, obviously, you go into an award show. I'm sure they think about what they would say. But I mean, he 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 heavily seems like the kind of guy that would be like, just be able to say that without yeah. even planning it out. He has eighty of those because he because he just believes it. Like he yeah. just is that guy. Every interview you see with him, he is that charismatic. It always seems like he's just coming up with it on the spot. And it's just, and that's what makes it really seem genuine to me. Like, I didn't feel like it felt fake at all. Yeah, I didn't yeah, feel like it felt, you know, selfish or, or self-interested. I, I thought it was a great speech. Also, and, like, why can't someone, when they've been recognized for their creative work that they've done, mm-hmm. why can't they? I mean, it, it, let's say let's say it was narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Why not let them be, like, wh- why put requirements on what they're supposed to say sure. and what they're kind of, because I, I, I can hear the people that have criticized it saying he should have at least mentioned the the, you know, people that have been fighting AIDS or he should mention the the man who he played to win this award. But a part of me says like that when you hear that kind of thing, you were kind of saying it before Ronald, when you feel like you're being manipulated, right. isn't it almost refreshing to hear someone not try to turn it into oh, yeah. a, an activist moment? Like, even though I don't begrudge people like Jared Leto and Lupita for having that moment where they, they, they home in on that cause that's kind of related oh, yeah, to yeah. what they did. But are you required to do that? I mean, part of me says it's just as obligatory when someone does it that I don't ne- know that I necessarily feel surprised or moved when they do unless they do it really eloquently so it was kind of nice to hear someone just kind of get up there and exude their personality you know and it it had already been addressed i think earlier you know when when jerry little won he already kind of you know he mentioned that he talked about it in his speech and i don't 
I don't think it's a requirement. And I think if you win an award for your efforts, I mean, obviously the subject of, the subject matter of your film is is its own merit. And I mean, I think that's kind of what gets this film into a race like this. Not just great performances, but a film like that getting nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 carried partially. You know, Ronald always says it, but like. Age or slavery. I mean, it's it's a topical film, and I mean, yeah, you don't have to always let that be the point of conversation, especially when you want a an award for your performance. And I mean, you know, I don't think it's a requirement. I thought his speech was great, and I love that he ended it with uh, "All right, all right, all right." I know. I think that <laughs> was at home. I mean, that was sitting in my living room. Like, I, I feel like I was like clapping. I was like, "No, yes. we did." I think we I think all. We all I think clapped. we all came up out of our seats. Yeah. And stuff. Like, okay, that just great. was the that was the icing right there. Yeah. And 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 the fact that he appreciates that and doesn't hide from that. Yeah. That that makes Th- that him he threw a, cool, well. Yeah. That's two things there, Steve. It's that he threw in a little fan service, yes. and that he loves it just as much as you do. Like, and, and that yeah. he's that guy, like you said. He that's who he is. Absolutely, love him. Yeah, yes. glad he won. I've so, always liked so. him, and I'm glad he's come out of this kind of wilderness period. And uh, put the bongos down. Yeah, well, maybe he's, maybe, maybe, maybe he's still playing him. I bet he's still <laughs> playing him. He just wears clothes now. <laughs> he just puts on some underwear before he plays the bongos now. Well, we'll be doing a TV shmeevy soon enough. We'll, we will oh, definitely sure. be talking about True Detective. Oh, man. So we'll, we're we not done with you yet, Mr. McConaughey, oh, but yeah. you've got you've got three fans here in the <laughs> in the shmoovie basement. Thank um, you, sir. Anything else? I mean, what did we think of Ellen before we wrap it up? I thought she was great. You know, I was mixed on her. I, I, I like Ellen a lot. And I, when I see her show or just her interviews, her, I like her as a person, as a, a personality. Uh, something about the show felt like it wasn't as something dragged for me. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. Some of the jokes felt a little like a reach or desperate or something. But I don't know. I mean, it was one of the highest rated Oscars in the past ten years. I mean, it's they're doing something right, I think. And uh, I think having some more genuine moments, like the silly stuff, like the selfie and the pizza, it's it's talking points. It keeps you laughing. It, it's it doesn't feel like a set up punchline as much. You know, and it's things that we all do. Well, you know? I found that a little bit of a stretch and a little bit like, okay, Ellen's doing her thing. Yeah. But I will say the, the slight chaos of it and this off the, 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 the fact that it didn't seem like anyone was really prepared for it. And yep. as it turns out, the, the pizza boy really didn't know what was yep. going on when yep. he went to deliver those yep. pizzas. He didn't know he was yeah. going to be on the Academy Awards. So all of that makes me go, okay, even though I don't know that I felt like that was very entertaining or, yeah. or very well orchestrated, I liked the fact that it was loose and messy and was kind of playing into the idea that we know this is live. And it was cool to sort of see, you know, Brad Pitt get up and pat his pockets and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like give cool. out paper plates. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, you see, you see some of these like, you know, decked out celebrities. You see them squirm a little bit. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. You see Harrison Ford going, uh, am I going to get some pepperoni? Am I going to get some pepperoni? They they said he like dropped it all over his suit. Like Uh, Jared Leto was on Ellen the next day and said uh, he like dropped it all over the front of his suit. Like that makes it even worse. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Grandpa. Grandpa Solo. (laughs) (laughs) Womp womp. I'm sure they'll have her back. I mean, they, people love Ellen. Yeah. Whether it's next year or not, but I'm she'll be back. Well, I I'm the one person in America who doesn't buy her nice nice lady <laughs> shit. you said that. But I don't dislike her. I just yeah. don't buy the nice thing. I just feel like it's the same with, with Rosie uh, Rosie O'Donnell when people used to talk about how nice she was. I was right. just like I don't believe it. And yeah. as it turns out, the stories you hear, she was. So I just feel like Ellen. Like I'm sure she, I've been, in time. She's very funny. I'm sure she's very warm. I'm sure she mm. means a lot of that. But I just know that, like, you know, she's 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 not always dancing. She's not I always just, happy. I just don't like the people. I talked about this when we were there. The people that like everything that Ellen does is golden. That's kind of what I'm saying. I just don't where, think like, she's that the, great. To the point where it 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 is annoying. Like it's like uh, Ellen could say, "Oh, I almost slipped," and then it was like, "Oh, <laughs> Ellen." <laughs> 
think we all have those people, though, that we will love whatever they do. Uh, right. So they may be guilty in you know your eyes, but I think that you buy into somebody, and that's your fan. You know, I, I think. Well, I will yeah. say this is maybe the the first uh, Academy Awards in a while that I can think of where the main conversation coming out of it though isn't the host and how they did. Oh yeah, exactly. It's been that's about the, it's been about the the awards and who they went to and all that stuff, and even the speeches being more important. So in that sense, I I I would not doubt that she was deliberately being low key in order to produce that sort of let's keep it moving. Yeah. But I guess my my point is I, even with that, there's still only so much you can do to keep a four and a half hour long program that's true. interesting. That's true. Yeah. But, yep. Oh no, I had a good time. Me yeah. too. Good stuff. And, and you know what, Leo? There's always next year. Yeah, there's Gotta always next year. There. Or yeah, man, or maybe next week, depending on how things we'll shake see out. How things plan out. Because <laughs> next week is the actual end parentheses on the award season. It's the second annual Schmovie Awards. Are you ready, Ronald? I'm so fuck. I'm so fucking ready. <laughs> Second guess whether you were ready. I thought or not you were gonna say moment. I'm so fucked. <laughs> I, was, I think about being at work sometimes, and I I said to what I said, I was like, oh, okay, I'm not. I'm allowed work. to cuss now. Yeah, cuss, cuss, cuss. Yeah. So fucking ready, <laughs> very ready. <laughs> yeah. So next episode 105, we're gonna do our second annual Schmovie Awards. Some fun conversations are sure to be had. Uh, hit us up on the Facebook page, movieshmovie at gmail.com, movieshmovie.net, iTunes is always there. And uh, yeah, email us if you have any suggestions. We're always looking for ideas for shows. Um, mm-hmm. John can only come up with so many ideas, guys. So right. help him out, please. <laughs> please. Please, somebody, somebody, throw him a line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you guys have got anything else? No, I think that's I think that's it. Nothing. All right, guys. As always, you've made our day. Take care. Bye. Now let it go. Let it go. <laughs>